Hello, and welcome to episode two of our Lenten podcast series. We're so happy that you've decided to stick along for the journey. Um, I'm here again today with Ben, Jenna, who is our, um, I'm sorry, Pastor Ben, Jenna, who's our children's director, and Pastor Jason. Um, and if you haven't watched episode one, we encourage you to actually go back, listen to that. They had some great insights um, on on why we approach Lent. And uh, we were in the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 17. We looked at the um, transfiguration and how it's uh, related to verses in Exodus and the Psalms and Second Peter. So definitely go check that out. There's some awesome stuff in there as far as what we should be paying attention to and how God's perfect love casts out fear. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I think it's worth noting, we talked about this a little bit when we were preparing for the podcast, but that wherever it is that you join us in from, Give yourself and give others grace. Um, sometimes in Lent we think, oh, if I, if I didn't start at the very beginning, well, to heck with it. I'm not going to do it at all. But whether you start week one, week two, or like 10 days left of Lent, um, it's so much more about the quality of our days, our motivation, our intentionality than the quantity of our days. So we just want to encourage you with that. Um, but with technology, I mean, episode one through the very end will always be available, so (laughs) that's kind of cool too. Um, Well, today we are going to be discussing transgressions and confession, um, and make sure to stick around till the end for that call to action. Um, But we're going to get started today with scripture in the book of Psalms. So open up your Bible. We'll be in Psalm 32. It says, blessed are the forgiven. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as the heat of summer. Selah. Yeah, so Mary... That word you just said. Can you say it again? Selah. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So mine doesn't actually say it in there. It's like a little notation down at the bottom. Okay. But I love that word selah because it invites us to like stop, Mm. right? It's this holy pause. And and really the psalmist is saying like, hey, stop and think about what has just been said. And so as we're talking about transgressions and confessions, we don't yet get to the resolution, right? We we don't want to rush there. Mm-hmm. And we kind of talked about that some yesterday too, of not wanting to to just get to the end and, and rush through. And sometimes in our reading of scripture, I think we can just like, hey, let's read the whole chapter and just like get it done and, and see, mm-hmm. you know, all the context and read it through. But the psalmist invites us to like, hey, read slowly, mm-hmm. take mm-hmm. a pause here and look back at what has been said. Um, and so looking back at what has been said, there's this dichotomy here at the beginning. It's like, blessed is this person, the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered, whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. And so he said, blessed are, are those people. But then he kind of seems to go into like, when I wasn't one of those people, this is what happened. And so he says, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. So as we talk about transgression and confession, let's just like sit in that moment of transgression, I guess that sounds bad, but like sit in that moment of transgression for a minute. Sit in our transgression. Yeah. <laughs> well, cause he hasn't gotten to yeah. that confession yet. Yeah. Right? right. So he's like, Hey, pause and, and realize what mm-hmm. I've just said. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Yeah. 
And that really takes us to one of our other texts that is part of this week's um, verses, and that's in the book of Genesis. Um, in chapters 2 and 3, we see Adam and Eve and just first the creation of them and their union with the Lord and the unity that they felt um, that they didn't have to hide. They walked with him in the garden um, and experienced unity together. And then that's contrasted in chapter 3, um, where we see the fall of man, um, and we see that um, Adam and Eve do what? They hide from the Lord, yeah. right? And so the Lord comes to them in the garden and calls out to them and says, why are you hiding? Um, and they hide themselves with these, we talked before about this fact that it was like these temporary coverings of fig leaves um, and that these fig leaves would not have lasted, right? It was a very temporary form of trying to cover themselves and the shame that they felt. Um, and so we see this idea of them sitting in their transgression. Um, and I love the imagery here that we have in Psalm 32, um, that their strength, it's, it says the psalmist's strength was dried up in the heat of the summer. And just this idea of like his strength draining away. Yeah. I, uh, I have a couple thoughts on that. The, the idea of trying to cover yourself with the, the fig leaves. Um, it just by reading it, you know, that it's a, failed attempt. Yes. Like that's, that's not going to work. Yes. And, and of course they didn't have like thread, like, like, so it was probably pretty messy attempt as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trying to hide yourself in that feeble mm. attempt mm. of covering. Um, and the psalmist is in, in verse two, blesses the one who sin the Lord does not count against them and who, in whose spirit is no deceit. That first part mm -hmm. is, is the Lord not holding the sin against us or the psalmist. But then the second part, blessed is the one in whose spirit is no deceit. They are not hiding their sin mm -hmm. from the Lord. Mm -hmm. So there is a relationship of honesty. And when we consider this season of Lent and what we talked about last week about preparation and uh, and being, being attentive to what we hear mm -hmm. the, the Lord say, and I know that's going to come up more as we go through this, but hearing the Lord, um, the Lord is coming to us with with a voice of, of, of grace mm -hmm. and receiving us no matter our sin and invites us to be a people who come in that freedom and mm -hmm. who, who, who are not hiding our sin from God. Because mm -hmm. when we do that, it's like putting the mm -hmm. fig leaves on. And we can see that even in the invitation. Why are mm -hmm. you hiding? The Lord knew mm -hmm. why they were hiding, but that was right. an invitation mm -hmm. into mm -hmm. confession. Yeah. Right. And, mm -hmm. and this Lenten season is an opportunity for us uh, we laughed about it, but to sit in that reality, mm -hmm. obviously not perpetuate our transgressions, mm -hmm. right. but in the reality of how that transgression is not, is not something that, that God does not, is not willing to take away. It's oftentimes we are, we're the ones who choose to sit behind it mm -hmm. and to stay there. And so Lent is an opportunity for us to experience that constant reminder of this, the sanctification that we receive in the Lord, that mm -hmm. God is bringing us into that awareness of wanting to set us apart, to make mm -hmm. us different than we were before, to remove that wickedness, to, to, to take off the blinders of our eyes mm -hmm. and not be hidden from, from the Lord, to not hide ourselves mm -hmm. from the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's really good. And I have another thought too. Go for so it. you mentioned earlier about the uh, the strength was sapped in the heat of summer. Mm -hmm. um, right before that, that idea for 
um, day and night your hand was heavy upon me. It's easy to look at that and, and you could either go one direction and mm -hmm. say, well, you know, God is, God is love. And so that must mean that uh, he's like, just got a fingertip on me. Mm -hmm. um, or you could go another way and say, God is full of wrath mm -hmm. and hates our sin. And so he's painfully, you know, pressing us down until we confess. I don't think either of those are right. One, I think God is love. Absolutely. But I mm -hmm. think that there is something, um, there is something of impact that we should consider with God's heavy hand upon the mm -hmm. psalmist. Mm -hmm. And, um, what came to my mind was when I was um, with my uh, my twins were playing around on a playground and one of them hurt hurt their mouth. Lola hurt her mm -hmm. mouth and basically did some damage to her her, her mouth that her her tooth uh, was not going to grow in mm -hmm. her you know she was going to lose that baby tooth but even her main tooth was not going to come in right. Anyways, she had to go to the dentist and she did not want any part of it. She did not want the, the, you know, the anesthesia, anesthesia to, mm -hmm. to put her out. She didn't want any other way to, to like process to, to get this work done in her mouth. And it had, had to happen that I got in the dentist chair mm -hmm. and she got on my lap mm -hmm. and I held both of her arms mm -hmm. with my arms mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. both of her legs with my legs. And I'm, literally squeezing her as hard as I can. Mm -hmm. Probably one of the most exhausting things I've ever done. <laughs> I think she's like four years old at the time. And and I am just pressing down on her from all angles, right? Mm -hmm. I'm underneath her. I'm all upper, upper body, down below. And nothing about it was for me to inflict pain on her. Right. Mm -hmm. It was only for the benefit of her being able to get the work done that she needed. Mm -hmm. And I had that mm -hmm. image when I thought about the Lord pressing down on us mm -hmm. because it's not just press. Mm -hmm. It's like from all angles, mm -hmm. the Lord might need to, might need to, to squeeze us enough to where, to where that place that we can receive healing. Mm -hmm. Now, had we known that all we needed to do was have her twin sister in the room and she'd be fine. <laughs> um, we would have done that, but this was the first time. And, and that actually went to my mind, like had, if we know, if we had we known about Jesus, mm -hmm. and the more we understand Jesus, we the better we understand the what the Father is doing, mm -hmm. and and uh, and receiving that pressure, and almost gladly mm -hmm. receiving His heavy hand mm -hmm. because yeah. it brought us to that place of of like I don't need to hide because mm -hmm. you, you receive me mm -hmm. in in my transgressions, which is where the psalmist eventually goes to if you mm -hmm. want to keep reading for yeah, us there. Absolutely. Um, so we're in verse five now. I acknowledged my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. And there's another Selah there. <laughs> and then it goes on. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters, they shall not reach him. You are my are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. Selah. Well, we see it automatically right there, just a contrast with Adam and Eve. Like Adam and Eve who found their hiding place behind these temporary coverings of fig leaves um, versus a psalmist who 
after he acknowledges his transgression, transgressions, after he comes before the Lord in confession, his hiding place is found in him, mm. um, which is such a beautiful, um, just a beautiful contrast there. Yeah, and you almost see like the the relief of the psalmist yeah. in that in that confession, right? So we sat in a minute for transgression, and now moving into the confession, mm-hmm. it brings this this rush of like, oh, like all right, I'm in my father's presence, like I'm confessing, I'm repenting, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm moving forward, moving through it, and and there's this like relief, and and that heavy hand is no longer needed because it's mm-hmm. been released, and and mm-hmm. now that that confession is pouring forth. Um, and and forgiveness is received, mm-hmm. right? And so that's the beauty of the gift. I mean, we see it in First John, right? Like when you, if you are, if you confess your sins, mm-hmm. He is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same thing in Psalm thirty-two. That mm-hmm. confession is given and that forgiveness is received. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so it's this beautiful thing. And then we can go into God as our hiding place mm-hmm. instead right. of trying to hide ourselves. Yeah. Um, which we're so prone to do, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you, you have a kid who, who gets in trouble, and what's the first thing they do? Is they like <laughs> run and hide, and then mm-hmm. try to, um, you know, like hide in a corner with their eyes closed or something, because um, right. they think that is going to be a good hiding spot. Um, while in reality, like the invitation is to come mm. to you, right? Yeah, and, right, and to receive forgiveness, to acknowledge the mm-hmm. sin before you, mm-hmm. but then to receive that forgiveness. Um, and it's pretty similar here to go into God as our hiding place, um, not to bring ourselves into a place of hiding, but to, to go to him um, and hide in him instead of hide from him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think is a, just a, a beautiful image and, and it brings like like that freedom, right? It brings that release mm-hmm. of um, holding holding yourself down or hiding yourself or covering up yourself or, or those things mm-hmm. that we, we try to almost like control our own forgiveness by how much we confess or don't confess or when we confess or how we confess, but he just invites us fully into it. Like, Hey, acknowledge it, confess it. Forgiveness is given. That's good. Yeah. And it, it invites us to trust where he's leading us. Mm. And, um, one of our other texts, uh, for, for yesterday's, um, uh, scriptures is Matthew four with Jesus. And just as Adam and Eve are, are, put in the garden by the Lord. Mm. The spirit leads Mm. Jesus into the wilderness Mm. and with a completely different response to Mm. the temptation of, of sin. Mm. And, um, and it's easy to kind of say, well, then that doesn't apply to our conversation because Jesus didn't have to confess, but it absolutely applies because Mm. he's demonstrated what it means to, to resist the temptation and to live a life of righteousness, mm-hmm. which is our goal in mm-hmm. confession to right. be, to be right. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is there, he's in the wilderness and he is, he is uh, tempted in, in different ways, um, tempted by power, tempted by um, whatever bread, um, but all these different elements that would suggest that like he can have what people might assume that he wants, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But he resists those temptations and demonstrates uh, what it means to be hidden in the Lord, mm-hmm. really to be able to be in the midst of trouble, as the psalmist talks about um, in that text that we just read, you are my hiding place, you will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Jesus is in the midst of trouble mm-hmm. and yet he is protected. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that we recognize we don't have to, and we don't need this reminder because we experience trouble, mm-hmm. right? Even though, and I think sometimes that can be hard for us. It's like, I'm following the Lord. Why isn't he protecting me from trouble? God doesn't keep us from trouble. Mm-hmm. He protects us from trouble 
overtaking us. Mm-hmm. And he protects us from trouble being the one that's su- being the thing that surrounds us. The reality is he surrounds the trouble mm-hmm. in us. He is our hiding place. And, and even the trouble is swallowed up in those songs mm-hmm. of deliverance. Mm-hmm. And so we can, we can go to him and that, that theme of hiding. I love how that continues in the Psalm because he does, he does not um, stay hidden from us. When we are honest, we do not stay hidden from him. Mm-hmm. And then in that lack of hiding, we can find him as our hiding mm-hmm. place mm-hmm. Um, and be protected um, from, from trouble swallowing us. Mm-hmm. So that is, that is something that Jesus demonstrates. Another thing that I think is interesting with like the Matthew text and the Genesis text, and it's something that we can all relate to, is when it comes to paying attention to the word, uh, you will do well to give attention mm-hmm. to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will do well to give attention to that light in the darkness. Is that we all hear voices. Mm-hmm. We are all hearing competing voices. Lent is a time where we will hear competing voices. You should you should give into this, or you should do this, or you can just turn on the news. You hear competing mm-hmm. voices, and that's what's happening with. In the Genesis story, there's competing voices of the serpent and Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what's happening in the Matthew text with Jesus and the devil. Uh, the devil is saying something, and mm-hmm. Jesus comes back with a different voice, the voice of the word, and, in, and is in, in contrast. And so we would do well, because we're always hearing those competing voices, we would do well to hear the voice of the Lord mm-hmm. calling us to that place where we can hide in him mm-hmm. uh, rather than hear the voice of the wicked mm. which is ultimately you know uh not a good place to be mm. all right you all see right. the theme of trust mm. as well mm-hmm. which voice do you trust mm-hmm. you know which voice are you going to place your trust in and obviously in the genesis text we see their trust go mm-hmm. one way mm-hmm. um and they trust in the voice of the serpent and also then ultimately lean into themselves as a hide right mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. in the text with jesus in matthew we see him come back with the word of the lord and trust mm-hmm. in that um, and it's interesting that that comes immediately after his baptism, right? right. Um, where God had spoken and given that proclamation that you are my beloved son. Um, and Jesus mm-hmm. trusts in that proclamation of who he is mm-hmm. as his son. That's no, good. Right. Jason, I feel like you mentioned something earlier about how um, in verse 6, where it says, Therefore let everyone who is godly offer, to, offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. And then it goes on to talk about um, the Lord being our hiding place. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned in our conversation prior to recording um, about how that can speak to confession needing to be a daily thing and a, mm-hmm. something that occurs more and more and more. Yeah. Can you kind of speak to some of that a little bit? Yeah, I think that uh, that, that scripture verse can be challenging. I mean, in some, some translations, that phrase, uh, while you may be found, isn't even, even there because of the way the original text phrases um, the, the phrasing of that, those words. And so some, some, some versions just say, the faithful will pray to you um, before the waters rise, that type of thing. But mm-hmm. some, of our, some of our verses say, therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. And if we're going to receive that and say, what would the Lord want to say? In those words, I think it it can be challenging for us to read them and and say, what does that mean? Like, when when can God be found? Does that mean that I can only find him before I die? Or does that mean that um, there's certain times where God 
um, is hiding from us. Well, I think we can learn from this psalm itself, and we can learn from the scriptures in general that God does not hide in a sense that like we it's incapable to find him mm. we we he makes himself available to be found it is often our own transgressions or our own uh i don't know why i thought of this but opal my daughter wears uh, a thing you know at nighttime the covering over her eyes to okay. keep the room dark which is cute you know for a six-year-old to do that but a lot of times we walk around and we're wearing those and wondering mm-hmm. why god is hidden mm-hmm. and it's like Take those off. I think the psalmist might be saying that basically, while because he goes on to say, the faith will pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. There's this picture of there will be, a, there's a time in our lives, could be tomorrow, could be next year, where the waters are rising and we don't have our bearings, mm-hmm. um, where we're incapable of removing those blinders, uh, where we don't have good footing. While you are listening to me right now, it it could be like, while you have your bearings, Mm -hmm. while you have good footing, while you see that he can be found, find him, Mm -hmm. like go to him. He Mm -hmm. is your hiding place. Um, And I think that there's uh, that reality of like, this is, if that comes up like a light in the darkness, you will do well to pay attention to that. Um, Then go. No matter when, and as Ben, you were saying before, before we started recording, uh, confession is a daily thing. It's constant. And the more that we grow co- closer to the Lord, the more that we recognize that those songs of deliverance are around us, we're repenting even more. We're mm-hmm. going with more confession mm-hmm. because not because we want to appease God, mm-hmm. but because we recognize that that uh, Jesus has has demonstrated what righteousness is and we want to live as people who live in christ Mm -hmm. we do not want to we do not uh, want to live as people who are dying we want Mm -hmm. to be people who are alive in christ um but that full circle that brings us to that place of like what did jesus do in righteousness he dies Mm -hmm. and so even that we we die with him and uh but that is how we find our hiding place in him we are Mm -hmm. in christ Mm -hmm. Did that help? Yeah. No, I just, it's so (laughs) valuable just for our daily walk, I think, to take on that perspective. Um, The trouble will come. Mm -hmm. So let's root ourselves in the word now Mm -hmm. and in uh, understanding, you know, the character of God and who we are in him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's really important. Well, Mm -hmm. and I think something that you talked about as we were having that conversation pre-recording too is that in our confession, it's not like a shame-filled, mm-hmm. like guilt-ridden mm-hmm. type thing. Like as yeah. we confess, shame doesn't really have much place in there mm-hmm. because of the invitation of God to to come and confess and and not mm-hmm. and not live in shame, not feel that condemnation, but instead experience me as your hiding place and mm-hmm. experience this freedom that comes. I mean, it's freedom from shame. It's freedom from condemnation. It's freedom from the penalty and the power of sin mm-hmm. as we confess to him, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a beauty in that too, of yeah. not having to rest in that shame or guilt, but being yeah. free to experience that. And I would take that even a step further, that the idea that the Lord is our hiding place, if we, for lack of a better term, play that out as we are the body of Christ, that we can live in such a way that we are a hiding mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. That's good. That, wow. that, and because when we think about Lent and, and our desire, and you've said it, Mary, uh, 
we hope that you don't experience just this with your, you know, just by yourself, that you mm. include others. Mm. But in general, as a church, to be the body of Christ is to be the kind of place where people are feeling like they can come and hide in. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that we are living in such a way that it's like, no, you don't. Just like we hope that you're not afraid of God. Mm-hmm. We hope that we're not living in such a way that you would be fearful mm-hmm. of coming to coming to the body of Christ. That That is that idea of being whole mm-hmm. when we are in Christ. Mm-hmm. We, are, we are living in such a way that we can be a hiding place for people mm-hmm. who need it. Mm-hmm. And that's why confession is not just a mm-hmm. vertical thing but like as we read in james confess your sins to one another mm-hmm. that's not going to happen if m- my receiving of your confession is going to mm-hmm. come back to you with shame mm-hmm. right yeah. right so i have to be in a place where i can be your your hiding place mm-hmm. for for that sin and i and i don't bring condemnation or mm-hmm. um yeah. judgment to that mm-hmm. that's good well, I feel like that kind of leads us beautifully to our call. Mm-hmm. Unless I know there was a lot uh, in Romans about <laughs> yeah. life and death, and we yeah. could be here all day talking about it. Talk about Romans. I know, yeah. I know. We can always throw it in the in the caption. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, there's it's just so rich. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we mentioned previously, we always want to give you a a call to action at the end of mm-hmm. our discussion together. Um, and so our call to you is to practice sitting uh, in confession this week. Confess, mm-hmm. like Jason said, not only to God, but to your brothers mm-hmm. and sisters in Christ. Um, and it might be a little uncomfortable if you're not used to it, but we really hope that you can find that safe place um, uh, and, and resting place, not just with God, but with the body as well. Um, so we encourage you in that, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Have a wonderful week.